Hello, everybody, and welcome to an all-new podcast from the guys who brought you the Broadway Jets podcast. It's NYJ Matt and NYJ Mike breaking down every season in Jets history. We will start with the 1960 New York Titans, and we will go through to the 2020 New York Jets. I mean, hopefully we can keep this up, but I think the idea is we want to look back at all the years, and there are some really great years in its franchise history. It's not all doom and gloom, even though a lot of it is. I'm not looking forward to getting into the 70s, but I think it'll be fun for both of us to look back at some moments in Jets history. We don't really have a format for this, so we're just kind of kind of do it off the rip, but as Mike mentioned, the 1960 New York Titans so Harry Wismer, an owner, he wanted to be a football owner really bad. NFL gave him no shot. Went to the AFL when they started the league and began the, being the owner for the New York Titans. So the Titans are a riff on the New York Giants from the NFL. The, the New York Titans um, wanted to make a big name. So they got Sammy Ball, a historical great quarterback, and my favorite thing about Ball said, yeah, I'll come coach your shitty brand-new team, but you're going to give me 20 thousand dollars cash before i even show up to do a press conference so wismer had to fork over 20k back in 1960 for this guy to be the head coach all cash up front it's a power move it's a nice way to start the franchise and the titans did finish seven and seven with sammy ball that year 500 year to kick to kick it off that that is a great start for this team um I believe, and don't, I mean, this is our podcast. We go back in the history. I think the first preseason game, they played the Chargers, and they gave up a kickoff return touchdown for the first play in the organization's history. Pretty tough, but they ended up, at, to your point, going 7-7. Seven and seven. They played in the polo grounds, and um, looking back, right, we play MVP baseball 2005, playing in the polo grounds. I would love to have went to a game, paid five cents for a seat, and then the beers probably cost a, a nickel each too. So um, a lot different than paying $16 for a blue point nowadays, but seven, seven, the first year, good start. We had some, some interesting names on this roster. I know we always talk about how ridiculous some of these names are before we get to the players. Um, Dick Todd was a backfield coach, Dick Todd. Dude, Dick felt had a interception in the first game. Dick felt had an interception. So the Dick Jets started, felt. The first ever game, they won 27-3 to against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. The first point scored for the Jets franchise is a guy, Bill Shockley, kicked a 15-yard field goal, which is impossible now. Wait, so Bill Shockley was uh, the kicker. <laughs> he was also a running back. He, yeah. he had 37 carries for 156 yards at 4.2 yards per attempt, better than Le'Veon Bell did as a Jet. And... <laughs> And he had eight catches and two touchdowns. So our kicker caught two touchdowns in 1960. Yeah, and the Jet, the Titans actually had a pretty good receiver combo. They had Don Maynard and Art Powell, who, you know, Don Maynard's a Hall of Famer, of course, and Art Powell had some – he's a four-time Pro Bowler, led the league in receiving twice. Yeah. Um, so- also, by the way, the 7-7 seven and seven start is really impressive because if you compare it to some other expansion teams – like the Mets in 1962 went 40 and 120. So well, this is an expansion league. I think all these teams are brand new. But to your point, it's it's good to start off as the first ever year in your team's history, starting off hot. And you mentioned Art Powell. 
in in 14 games, 14 touchdowns, nearly 1,200 yards and 70 catches, six, 17 yards per catch. Potentially, in year one, the best receiving year in Jets history. You know, you can put that up with some of Maynard's great years that we'll touch on soon and Brandon Marshall in 2015. But Art Powell, when, when I first saw that stat line months ago when I was going through these teams, I couldn't believe how dominant he was. And to your point, Don Maynard is a staple of this team for over a decade. Incredible numbers this year as well. Don Maynard, uh, 72 catches, 1,300 yards and six touchdowns, uh, 17.6 yards per catch. Maynard only had under 15 yards per catch one time in his entire career. Crazy. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how Art Powell got on the Raiders in the 60s. Like, could he – the, there was no free agency, of course, until 1993. So I guess they traded him. But, yeah, because he had 73 catches for 1,394 yards and 16 touchdowns that year in 1963. But – yeah, because and, he wouldn't have lasted until the uh, Jets championship anyway in 1968-69. So we attacked the receiving core. We got to touch on Al Duro. Oh, wait, wait. I found out. So mm-hmm. Harry Wismer offered him for sale to the highest bidder. Did the, That's I like guess, a trade. It's like a trade for cash. It's cash consideration. Yeah, I guess they... Uh, That's what happens when you need to pay your head coach $20,000 cash. <laughs> yeah, you know who the the coach of the Raiders was in 1963. You actually probably do. The only guy you could possibly be. Uh, Al Davis. Oh, I mean, I was, yeah, Al Davis, but yeah. good good for good for the Raiders. We have to go into Al Duro, though. Al Duro, first ever quarterback of the organization. He finished the year with 2,700 yards in just 13 games started. 26 touchdowns, 26 picks. And also had rushing touchdowns. He had, let's see here. Oh, where is it? It's he had seven, seven, seven rushing touchdowns. So he's on pace in a 16-game season for like 40 touchdowns, 29 picks, and 3,600 yards. Imagine that. Maybe inflated a little bit. But Alderow, very, very cool first year. Dual-threat quarterback. You can look at highlights of him acting like a maniac on the field. I don't think he's talked about enough as you know a cool quarterback out of all the horrific ones we've seen over yeah, the past. You'll never six hear years. about him, but he led the league in touchdowns, the twenty-six touchdowns. I'm trying to find out why he, because he he played the next year for the Titans as well. The Jets went whatever. The Titans went seven and seven again, but he had nineteen touchdowns and thirty interceptions. Mm-hmm. And then he went to Buffalo, to the Bills. They were the Bills. And only played four games and then retired. So I don't know. Maybe the you know he just wasn't just like wanted, but it seems yeah, like a good player. The Jets had led the AFL in points for that year, averaging twenty-seven point three points per game. Um, they were last in points against, giving up three hundred ninety-nine, twenty-eight and a half points per game. So uh, a team that scored a lot and and gave up a lot of points. Uh, Going through some of the names as well, back with quarterback Dick Jamison. Nice. Yeah, he threw the first uh, touchdown of the franchise history. Dick Jamison. Because I guess Al Doro got hurt in the first game. And then Dick Jamison came in. Dewey Bowling, another great name. Uh, three and a half yards of carry, two touchdowns. Bill Mathis is, is a name you'll hear a lot during the 1960s. Um, only averaged three and a half or 3.3 yards per carry. 
going through the rest of the names, pretty standard. Only you know uh, who we had. We had Dick Jameson and Dick Todd. Uh, not to be confused with Richard Todd. Um, oh, but Corky, Corky Tharp is a good one. Corky Tharp. Uh, now going to the defense, because we have to touch on... He is on the defense, yeah. Yes, yes. Larry Grantham. Right. So Larry Grantham was, I, I don't want to say the number wrong, but he was an All-Pro this year, and he had multiple All-Pros as a Jet. Very five. sneaky. Five All-Pros. Very sneaky, great Jet. Uh, we, we will save some of that, though, for the rest of it, because we don't want to give spoilers for the next few years, but... This 1960 team, um, as you mentioned, the kicker also had two receiving touchdowns. Um, just I'm, I'm going through this the schedule. Anything else stand out to you? Yeah, well, the, it's interesting. So the, the Titans were four and two to start their franchise, won on a four game losing streak, won the next three, but by that time were eliminated because the team that went to the Super Bowl or the playoffs that year was the Houston Oilers were 10 and four. Mm-hmm. So what they got, so I guess they just won the AFL championship because there was no Super Bowl yet. So they beat the Chargers and they won the championship, but the, yeah, so both teams, the Oilers and the Chargers in the East and West went 10 and four, but it's a nice start to the franchise. You start off four and two. I mean, imagine the Jets were four and two. Like I can't, <laughs> And no, you, well. you can't you can't have that. Um, it's too too hard for that to happen in this decade for the Jets to start off four and two. When was um, but, the Jets started four and two? Uh, they should have started four and two in 2017. Yeah, that's and, the Austin Safarian Jenkins game. 2016 though, 2015 they must have been. I think we were four and three, but I think we were four and two before that. I think Jets were four and one that year. No. Which year? Yeah, 2015 Jets were four and one, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then before that has got to be 2010, because 2011. But 2010, did they win? Because 2010, they 2010, lost. 2010, they were night. nine and two, so they were definitely. But they lost opening night in 2010. Yeah, they were zero and one. Then they were five and one. They won lost five to straight. The, they lost the Packers on Halloween, and then were nine and two. Finished eleven and five. Nineteen sixty New York Titans. <laughs> I just can't. I'm looking at this team. You get it's it's pretty cool though. How how many teams can say they started off with an incredible head coach, right? A, a well known guy, almost like I don't want to go this far, but a guy like Peyton Manning retiring and then being gone for a few years and being your head coach. Oh, Sammy Ball is that level of like uh, you know he's that important. good. And then you have guys like Dick Jamison, Al Durow, Don Mater and Art Power is the coolest combo you can have out there. Um, let's see. Ball invited 100 players to training camp. Cut I mean, a ton of people. They had 35-man rosters at the time. Well, Sammy Ball really made the NFL like popular. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at his stats. In 1947, he threw for 20, in 12 games. So two hundred, he threw for twenty nine hundred thirty eight yards, twenty five touchdowns, fifteen picks, with a fifty nine percent completion percentage. It's insane. Mm-hmm. He had a hundred and ten quarterback rating in nineteen forty five. There was a there was a war going on. He's throwing touchdowns. This guy he, he completed seventy percent of his passes that year against uh, the weaker competition. Everyone's overseas. 
Yeah, this year, looking through, they had a lot of blown leads. The Titans were up 24 to 7 in the second half. They're devastating as the, the whatever Boston team. Boston Patriots. <laughs> Following week, Denver. Wait, uh, do you see they lost that game week two? They let up like a, a fumble return touchdown on special teams, is what the. Is what Pro Football Reference says. Ugh. Wow, there's an, another game that there's a fumble with 15 seconds left, and the it was a prelude to the Heidi game. It cut off because they had Disney's David Davy Crockett special. Oh, Many viewers that. were very upset that they couldn't watch the final play of the game. Uh, Titans recover the fumble, and the Jet the Titans end up losing. <laughs> Oh, also the last game of the season. So the in the East, or no, in the West, I guess the Chargers were finishing first. I think they were ten and four. The the they blah, blah, blah. the Titans lost to the Chargers fifty to forty three in week whatever fourteen, the last week of the season. Would have been a nice win. So look, the Titans showed they could have had an AFL championship. I think we would enjoy that, dude. Even this is insane. So. Harry Wismer couldn't pay the players uh, and get new guys on the team because of the injured players. And even, I mean, if you would have paid us in 1960 to go out there and play football, we would do it for free. We would probably I, pay them to do it. I think I, I think us right now would be very good NFL players in the 1960, like 1960, our current mm-hmm. builds. There's something that happened where they, they had to play the final three games on the road. And they, they tried to get them home games, but they couldn't do it. Wismer claimed that they lost $150,000 to travel the team for the final three row games. That makes no sense. $150K <laughs> in that time? Why does it cost so much to make your team travel three times? Just drive there. Or if, even if you fly there, it's not $150,000. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at week, uh, oh, God. The week before, I guess, so the first thing that the. Quote unquote Jets played the Raiders. 131 28. Al Darrow 29 of 48. 375 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Jeez. Yeah, this team had no money. They they claimed to have 16,000 fans per game. The New York Press mocked that and said that they half the fans disguised themselves as empty seats during <laughs> that year. Um, Harry Wismer said that the team lost $450,000, later clarified in his autobiography that that year cost him $1.2 million in 1960. Uh, you Jesus. know, wanting to be an owner of a franchise and then and losing that much money and, and going 500 the year, uh, definitely not the, the start he wanted to his ownership. I'm trying to see how much money that is now. Yeah, do some quick math. The fact that people had to play offense and defense because people kept getting hurt and you couldn't have... They had no money. Oh, also this team had Dick Felt on defense. Did we talk about that yet? Yeah, Dick Felt had a pick in the first game. Yes, fucking, you brought that up. It's fucking um, Dick Felt. Wait, it's, I think $100 was $879 like today. So. so times nine, he lost $9 million basically? Yeah. A little more, probably like 10 mil. Oh, we have to go to the kicking. Did We t- We have to go deeper into Bill Shockley's kicking numbers this year. He was 9 for 21. He made Ugh. 42% of his field goals, but he was 47 of 50 on extra points, so missing three extra points during the year. Um, never missed inside 20, missed two, 20 to 29, and then everything after 30. He was horrible. Um, 
anything over 40 yards, he was one for eight throughout the year. Kicking is hilarious when we look back at it. Um, Al Jarreau also six punts during that year. Nice. A, a punting long of 56 yards. Al Jarreau not only is a dual threat quarterback, he can punt as well. Al Jarreau is so impressive. I can't believe he threw 26 touchdowns. 15 AV that year. Man, dude, this guy's good. Al, I'm getting an Al Jarreau jersey. What number was he, 12? Uh, yeah, number 12. And then I'll get a Dick Jameson jersey. I love that. But 1960, not a bad year. We don't know how we're going to really play this out. Maybe we'll do each year. Maybe we say, hey, look, 62 to 65 are all similar. Let's package them together. But we wanted to you know, kick off one with just looking back at the the years because who would have thought Dick Felt, Dick Wood, Dick Jameson would all be on the same team putting up a 500 record. The ownership lost $9 million of today's money. Um, just crazy shit went on during the first year for the New York Titans. Uh, Mike, anything else you want to add? No, I mean... The one thing that's crazy is this team averaged 238 yards passing a game. That's got to that's got to be, you know, up there in terms of Jets history. What are the Jets averaging passing yards per game this year? I think 170. What pisses me off is I've always made the stat that Darnold in his first two years, people could say he played okay. He led the Jets in history in yards per game, which is a big deal and why we loved him coming out of college and being on the team is that we actually had a quarterback who could throw the football down the field and be a modern day quarterback. Yeah, when he I'm... leads the team in yards per game, it's huge. And then every game this year, we watch him throw for 150 yards, give or take 30 yards. It's terrifying. It's like the worst thing I've never even thought we would get here, but here we are. I like yeah. how we're tying 1960 back to 2020. We should do that a lot of years and just compare them. Yeah. I mean, look, the 1960 Jets or Titans averaged 52 more yards passing per game than the 2020 version. That They could throw the ball like <laughs> 35 yards total downfield. Every player's in like the wishbone formation. The football weighed like 90 pounds. Like, what are we doing here? I don't... This pisses me off. Yeah. They were made of actual pig leather. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think we're good. I yeah. think we'll wrap it there. We'll, we'll excited for 1961. We'll go to 1961. This will be a, a quick 15 minutes, not even... Um, just you can throw on, and if you want to build your Jets history, you can use this on your Twitter, uh, family parties where you guys talk about Al Duro's stats in 1960. So we're having some fun with it. Mike, it is a pleasure as always, and we'll be still doing the weekly Broadway Jets podcast that usually comes out Monday or Tuesday, depending if I'm hungover or not. Usually it comes out Tuesday morning, maybe Wednesday. But with that, we'll leave it there. Mike, I'll talk to you soon, buddy.